I'm John Minglash for the WDMA. <laughs> Bringing stuff every day. <laughs> okay, let's let's get to the news. Let's get to the news. Okay. And let's start off with this and a little bit of fun today. This is from Cheese Strings. Is that a cheese string? Yeah, my kids and I love them. I remember trading for those in school. I'll trade you my bagel for it. Trade you my ant farm? How about my pirate's treasure? Yeah. Fine, my cloning machine. Our cloning machine. Mystery arm? I offer Cthulhu, the world eater. I'll stick with the cheese string. Yeah. Keep I, it cheesy. I am, cheese string. I, I would stick with the cheese string, too. Okay, so anyway, over to the PDF world. Uh, gee, you know, I was intrigued by this headline from John uh, Glenday at the drum it says trade ad for cheese string and i'm thinking you know like business to business we had trade magazines and and you know i didn't get it and so now i get it they were going to trade for a, a cheese string and so uh cheese strings did a uh did a billboard campaign out of home poster uh advertising one single package of cheese string now they actually said one string and uh, trade, and it's not a single string here. It says a single string. But if you know anything about cheese strings, it's not uh, one string. You get like 20 strings in there. It's a, it's, a, it's a bigger value than you knew. And it's fun to pull them apart. Now, we, in Wisconsin, we had string cheese. So they had to change it up in Canada when they, when they copied us. Um, because I think Sargento invented it, but you know, it was one of those, it was one of those things where somebody flipped the wrong switch and it came out crazy and, and somebody said, Hey, this is still fun. Let's sell it like this. <laughs> it was just a misshapen mozzarella or something. Anyway, we had cheese, we had, we had string cheese and, you know, so keep it cheesy. Apparently they traded. We all remember trading snacks like cheese strings at school when we were kids. We wanted the billboard stunt to help adults remember the fun side. So they put up this big billboard saying, what are you going to trade me for this package of cheese string in its original packaging? And uh, Enrique Lares said, we've maintained the magic of the brand that captured our hearts nearly three decades ago. Cheese strings are fun. And since we like to start with some fun, I think we have. So now let's get over to the serious stuff. Paper or plastic. And this is Kathy Rosie. And I always learn something when I read her ads. I, I feel better about myself, okay? <laughs> I just, I can't help it. Uh, in today's industrial marketplace, the concept of circular economy is finally inching beyond the, the theoretical, thanks mainly to paper, okay? And that's the argument she makes here. The paper industry figured this out decades ago, and it's been at the leading edge of circularity ever since, especially in cardboard packaging. You know, cardboard boxes can recycle like crazy, okay? So paper manufacturing is like the very definition of circular. For one thing, it uses trees that we can grow more of all the time, right? Plastic, on the other hand, and this is this is the, really the joke of it, plastic uses many different kinds of resins, okay? There's a whole list. Look at this list. A list 
your arm's length long of different resins. When you throw them all into the same hopper, it doesn't come out right, right? So uh, the, the Department of Energy says that single-use plastics are also incredibly energy-intensive to produce, more than 3% of U.S. total energy consumption. That's a lot, okay? And generates large amounts of carbon dioxide, which is not pollution. It's plant food. It helps those trees grow. But anyway, I only take issue with that every now and then. Um, so beyond plastics and the last beach cleanup organizations estimate that Americans only recycle 5 to 6% of their plastics, down from almost 9% in 2018. A lot of it gets sent to cement kilns and burned, which is actually not a bad use for it, unless you, you worry about the CO2, which I don't, because the cement kilns burn at really, really high temperatures and really burn it up well. Um, so, you know, plastics may not be recycled, but they do incinerate well. And uh, the city of Minneapolis, I don't know, I guess they were shutting it down, but they have had an incinerator for decades. And... They did exhaustive studies because, you know, everybody said, oh, you can't do that. Uh, and they found out that it was cheaper and better to generate some electricity with it and uh, rather than trucking it off to landfill somewhere, uh, which does make sense to me. In fact, in many countries, they ship it to lower income countries where they sort through it a little bit. Um, Ju Judith Enk, uh, president of Beyond Plastics, says plastic recycling does not work and never will work. Jan Dell says there is no circular economy for plastics, okay? Paper is different, right? This is from Kathy. And she says an indefinitely renewable natural resource, trees. The U.S. forest area increased around 18 million acres over the past 30 years. The U.N. Food and Agricultural Organization also shows that deserts worldwide are shrinking because of increased CO2. Just so you know, same source. Okay, U.S. paper industry reduces greenhouse gas emissions per ton, uh, reduced its greenhouse emissions per ton 24% between 2005 and 2020, 15 years. Okay, the pulp and paper industry is not a contributor to climate emissions. Ugh. Climate change is real, but it's not the CO2. And it's not the man-caused CO2. But anyway, we'll just put those editorial comments in there. Water, correct me if I'm wrong, happy to chime in, happy to, maybe Steve Falk will chime in. He's done an extensive study on the amount of CO2 emitted from mailing, mailing, the process of printing and mailing. And so Steve has an excellent source. Steve, put a link in that. Steve sent me a nice comment yesterday. Thanks for the shout out, John. Programmatic or automated direct mail performs so well because the customer and donor is already engaged. Timing is good, target is warm, and, an, and usually an existing customer. This is many times the impact and outcomes of the communication. Yeah, that's we're going to talk more about that today. So anyway, Steve and I go have interesting conversations on these topics. Uh, water used in the manufacturing process is recycled up to 10 times. I did not know that. Okay, around 90% is reduced to the source because it then is cleaned up, super cleaned up. Pure water sent back, about 1% stays in the paper, right? And uh, they recycle about 97% of the pulping chemicals. Now, I read when they started recycling paper that it was actually, it was 
it was less environmentally friendly to recycle the paper than it was to take virgin pulp and make paper. But I don't know, maybe that's changed. You know, that was that was a while ago. Okay, and most people, 80% of Americans, have access to residential recycling programs. You know, I, I watched a long documentary on the plastic, and it was really interesting because you know you have that little recycled emblem, but just because it has that on there, it might be a four or something. It's, it has a number in the in the center, and and some of those numbers are very recyclable, and some of them aren't at all. Just basically not. Yeah, but they put the but they put the symbol on, which we all see anyway. Okay. So anyway, now let's talk about loyalty and engagement. So excellent article from Adweek and uh, Adweek over there, and uh, Sarah Spivey, and it's about loyalty. And it's it's excellent because it focuses on lifetime value. It's and here's the here list right here. This is the great part here. There was a time when growth was all about how many people you could coax through your brand's front door. You know, I have a connection on LinkedIn, and he's a VP, was a VP of acquisition, and his you know he would go speaking around the world because he'd gotten a lot of people to sign up for his apps and download them. Way increase the number of downloads, but they mostly don't stay around for more than seven days. No engagement whatsoever, and you know, in direct mail, we wouldn't pat ourselves on the back with that, uh, especially since there was no money changing hands. Okay, today the smart money focuses on retention. Keep customers engaged once they're once they're in the building and keep them coming back. Loyalty programs are proven retention workhorses, but they're not set and forget. Absolutely not. The foundation of lifetime value is, is customer retention. And I've done talks on the bathtub model, uh, which where you can think of your customer, your your total customer file as a bathtub with lots of customers in it. And uh, and if you open the spigot, that's spending money. It pours money. It pours custom, new customers into the, ba- the bathtub. The trouble with Lifetime value applied to commerce, other than term life insurance, which is where um, Martin Baer came up with the idea. He came up with the idea that there was a longer term revenue stream than just the initial sale, quite a bit longer. And that's true in almost every business. The tricky part is, is that unlike term life insurance, where if you cancel, I mean, they want you to cancel. They never, they never try to keep you (laughs) because if they if you cancel before you drop dead, they keep all your money, right? So they have an incentive of you for you to quit, whereas the rest of us want to keep customers. And so the problem with the what the what the rest of the commerce world is, when you when you in your mind mentally leave, or maybe you don't, maybe you just it just stops being in there. <laughs> you just don't remember them anymore. Oh yeah, string cheese. I used to eat that. When when you mentally leave, you're not even sure if you ever will come back. You know, I bought, I started buying from Lands Inn in in the '70s when I was in college, and uh, I used to actually visit the the outlet store down in Chicago because it was founded down in Chicago, and uh, and then I got into a into a, a side sort of a, a side business that had an affiliate that that had the same kind of similar clothes to, to Land's End. And so I didn't buy from them. And um, then that affiliate left and I went back to Land's End and my login was still good after 10 years. 
And, uh, you know, away I went again. Now I buy lands in all the time. But um, I was impressed that they kept me on file. You know, disc disc is cheap. Why not? And uh, and I had mentally disengaged and then I came back. You know, I don't think they I don't think they sent me anything in the interim, but they might have. And I uh, but I did. I obviously did keep the brand in mind. Uh, they've been a client, a pretty good client over the years. Um, so anyway, don't just set and repeat your customer loyalty um, because you can move people from lifetime value, from just repeat order to long-term value and most importantly, brand advocacy like I just did with Land's End. I'm a, I'm a brand advocate for them. Okay, so Kentucky Fried Chicken tried a loyalty program in 2020 with their app promoting free gravy for a four-day series of emails and mobile push notifications. And conversion rose 2%, which probably isn't what they mean. You know, if you have, a, if you have let's say, a 2% response rate and, uh, or redemption rate, and you move it up 2%, that is, uh, is 2.02%, I think, something like that. That's how much. That's almost – that's probably – statistically insignificant i think what the author means is that it increased from say two percent to four percent which would actually be a 100 percent increase okay so conversion would in that in that example would have ro risen by 100 percent two percent more is 100 percent from two and never mind it's like too much math anyway now what this article doesn't say and this is the this is the, the sort of the sad part is that uh, they they helped they had uh, this coffee chain in Australia Coffee Club is Australia's largest coffee cafe franchise and they were getting low marks on their app and so they actually asked frequent users of the in-house app uh, to rate it oh, they took it in-house and then they asked them to help design it which was an excellent idea. But as we've been hearing for the last couple of days, the piece you're all missing, all these brands are missing, Adweek is missing, tremendous piece, is the piece we're missing is mail. Here's a, here's a, <laughs> I got to hand it to Media Post. They have a, they have a paywall that is in, <laughs> unscalable. <laughs> uh, this is an article. It says opt-outs from marketing messages hinder customer engagement efforts, right? And it's by Rob Williams. And thank you, Rob. And, you know, sometimes I think if I mention your publication more than like 20 times a month, you might want to pop for letting me into the premium area. <laughs> I can almost read this. What are challenges with re-engaging customers? Right. And I don't know what they are, but I know that they're big bars. <laughs> so media post, you know, I you maybe you maybe want to let me in, but uh, and then more people will want to get in because I'll talk about them. And uh, so people opt out of your of I remove apps all the time. Uh, even you know when I put them up to get the free gravy, I'll take them out again. I learned that years ago when I when I once got got uh, 
refused credit because I had all these credit cards, like Radio Shack and Sears and Best Buy. I'd gone in there and they offered me a liter of Coke or headphones or some big flashlight. I remembered these offers. And, you know, when I went to my bank for something, they said, well, you've got too much, you got too much credit already. I said, what? He said, well, you look at all these credit cards you've got. I said, I've never used any of them. I cut them up the day they came. Well, anyway, you got to uninstall, you got to cancel, all that. But uh, but what they should be doing is they should be inserting mail into their mix. Because especially for, for unsubscribes, mail the unsubscribers because the opt-out people are opting out of email. They're sick of getting your 45 emails a day. And, but, but, and, you know, can spam says not only do you have to allow opt-outs and have a button for opt-outs, but you have to honor the opt-outs with email. Doesn't say you can't e- you can't send them direct mail, right? I mean, how obvious is le- is that, right? So watch yesterday's show and find out some of the great vendors that can do this for you, can automate. Um, Market Builder down in uh, down in San Antonio, and I think Steve in Canada. Both have uh, API connections with with uh, Salesforce, and um, and so if you if you already have that going, it might be another way to do triggered mail. But triggered mail is the way to drive this engagement and keep the customers coming and keep them talking. Because what's the number one media for what's the one number one medium for engagement direct mail have a great day like and share your friends will know you're smart share you gotta share otherwise people don't know about mail and they don't know about paper recycling thanks for that one bye bye